I'm Luka Doncic and this is Lockdown Marriage Podcast. I went back and listened to the podcast that you had. Uh, Thank you, Brian. Mark Cuban. I appreciate that. Welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and coordinator of the Locked On Podcast Network. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. The Reddick Rallier, the one more thinking. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? So when Jalen Brunson was asked a few days ago, hey, what did you what do you know about JJ Reddick? When his answer to that what is the exact same thing I think about every single time I hear J.J. Reddick's name still to this day, and he's been in the league for 15 years. Jalen Brunson said, I know he's one of the most hated college basketball players of <laughs> all time. And uh, I, yes, every time I see J.J. Reddick and I think about him, even though he's a pro, pro, pro's pro in the league, uh, I still think back to his Duke days and how much I hated that man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, man. But what a, what a, a long ways it's it's been because now I really like it. He's one of the few Dukies that I've really grown to like in the league. He's really like a different person from then, right? Like, J, do you remember J.J. Redick as like this guy that just – he was Steph Curry before Steph Curry, right? Like that's the type of – that's the way he played. And he just took over and he scored a ton of points. And he was brash and, you know, and he admits it and he was arrogant and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, yeah, he's just not that guy anymore. It's just so crazy how, how different you are from in like – in your early twenties to your like late thirties, just you know, almost twenty years we've seen JJ Reddick in front of us. So, pretty wild. Uh, today's show will actually break down. JJ Reddick spoke to the media today on Thursday, and so we will break down his interview. Isaac asked him a great question about veterans in his life. He also spoke about KP and Luca, and he gave us an update on his injury. So, if you're wondering when can the Mavericks expect JJ Reddick to play, we'll hear from JJ Reddick in a little bit. Uh, before we get to that, though. Christoph Porzingis answered a question that was on everyone's mind. What did he think about not playing in the fourth quarter, essentially, against the Celtics in the game on Wednesday? So we'll get to that. Uh, Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. All right, before we get to the J.J. Redick stuff, I wanted to get to this question first. Tim McMahon asked Christoph Porzingis about not playing in the fourth quarter and how he felt about it and all that kind of stuff. So let's just hear this first, and then we'll break it down uh, a little bit here. Hey, KP. Uh, obviously, you're a competitor. I'm sure you would have liked to play more in the fourth quarter yesterday. Rick explained it was because of the Celtics' small lineups. Uh, just curious on on your thoughts about that situation and, you know, in a, in a league that you're going to see small lineups on an increasingly frequent basis kind of you know, what you can do to uh, put yourself in a position to be on the floor in those situations? Oh, well, yeah, no, of course I want to be out there. Um, I want to do what's best for the team. Um, but as you said, I'm, I'm a competitor. And I want to be out there and I want to use the mismatch they have on us, you know, by, by me being out there. So uh, that's my mindset. And, and but. You know, I'm here to do whatever whatever is best for the team. So I found that answer to be pretty interesting because he kind of wants to flip it on its head. I want to be able to find the mismatch that I create. And I think he does create mismatches for centers, right? We've seen centers like, you know, Rudy Gobert kind of get taken out of games. Not this year, but in past years we've seen him get taken out of games because KP pulls him away from the basket. 
But it's hard when a team goes small. KP has not been able to take advantage of some of those, you know, smaller wings. They've gotten the Mavs have gotten away, or other teams have gotten away with guarding him with Derek Jones Jr. and players like that. So the Mavericks have to come up with something. And I thought they tried against Boston, at least at the beginning, to post KP up to get him in position. There are specific times when. Uh, Jalen Brown would be on Porzingis and they ran kind of like an Iverson cut for him and he would go to one he would go to the the strong side where and then everybody else would go to the weak side and then they would get the ball to him and he had some space there and it was just him one-on-one against Jalen Brown and he would turn around and hit one of those shots over him so I felt like they were trying to do some of that kind of stuff but if the Mavericks do want to go far and KP wants to be a big part of that they do have to figure out some way for him to take advantage and not for him to be taken out of games if he's going to like he was against the Celtics. Yeah, I'm just really curious on you know where this leaves Dallas moving forward going against other smaller lineups. We were just live on Locker Room uh, before we recorded this on Thursday night. Join us on Locker Room on Thursday nights when we go live. Uh, but what, that was one of the things we talked about. You know, Boston's not the only team in the league that goes small. And you know, was this an isolated Boston scenario that hey, just the lineup they were throwing out there? This was the best case scenario for Dallas. You know, to answer that, or is this something that we'll see again moving forward? Of you know, how many of these teams that you know you threw out there, like, well, how many teams can run a small lineup like Boston did, and will this be something that Dallas turns to more often? And I, I think that's the thing that we saw, you know, against Boston that Rick was comfortable enough to set down the second star on the team, the other max, you know, player you know, to set him down for a matchup situation. So I, I think it's something to look at moving forward and it shows opposing teams too that, hey, okay, if you're if you want to go small, we'll go small too. And we're not we're not scared to set down our second best player. No. So that'd be an interesting thing to monitor going forward. I mean, we've always been monitoring how wings do guarding Porzingis and how he takes advantage of players on the other end. So really interesting stuff. Next game we'll see if the Mavericks um, if you know if they pull some of that kind of stuff out, they play the Knicks. So actually, there's a lot of New York media there in the, at practice asking him questions about what do you remember from your time with the Knicks, and do you talk to anybody from the Knicks still? And he's very year- f- very fond of New York still. Yeah, he, he he really bragged on how much he misses the city, how much he loves being there, how people still notice him there when he's there, and he he lights up every time. It's not a you know it's not a situation to where he's just like doom and gloom when he talks about New York he still lights up when he's talking about the city and his his experience there so I thought that was really cool too yeah, and so we will actually also do post-game pods after both of these games. I'll handle it against the Knicks. Isaac will handle it against the Wizards on Saturday. So stick with us and follow those post-games if you want to uh, hear us talk about those. So uh, we'll get into that. Let's talk about J.J. Redick, though, because that's kind of the big story over the last couple of days. J.J. Redick spoke to the media. He was not fully participating in practice, but he um, did his own personal workout. He's been working out. He's you know He's been doing some on-court stuff. He's just not ready to do five-on-five stuff, anything with the team. Uh, but he said, <laughs> I don't know if he says this in this first answer, but he just kind of waited around after he was done working out and waited for somebody to show up, and then he got to interact with some of the team. So this is J.J. Redick. Let's just do this clip first. This is J.J. Redick talking about his injury and an update on when the Mavericks can expect him uh, to come back. Yeah, I've had a, I've had a really good... 48 hours. Um, you know, last week I, I started on Monday and it was just a general progression from standstill, spot shooting, a lot of form shooting, free throws, you know, stationary ball handling to shorter movements. Um, the last couple of days, I've, 
been able to do some sprinting, whether it's, you know, 15, 20 feet short sprints or full court sprints. Um, so it's just a matter of, of being able to maintain that, uh, you know, right again, it was, this is all progression and build up. So I'm hopeful, um, you know, that I'm close and, and not, not too far away. I, I, it's hard to really give a timeline on anything, but, um, this is, you know, exactly three weeks from, uh, my injection. And, uh, you know, I, I think I'm, I'm progressing well. Yeah, so he really doesn't have a timetable, it seems like. Three weeks from the injection, we talked to Dr. Brian about that. Uh, I may have him on again for another segment to, to clarify some of the stuff that we've heard as of late from J.J. Reddick. So, uh, yeah, interesting stuff from him. And it seems like he's, you know, he's at least it's a good sign he's back on the court, right? If he was doing non-contact anything and he was just not on the court at all, like he couldn't walk, you know, he'd be more concerned, I think. But at least it's progress to see him doing on-court stuff. Yeah, he made it very clear. He said, I'm not practicing. He even went out of the way to clarify, you know, I think it was Mark Follow's question of saying, hey, I'm not practicing. Uh, I I just I simply worked out today with the team uh, or, you know, before the team got there, like you said. And I think just the, the most important thing right now, we know that there's no timetable. He doesn't know the timetable. He seems very optimistic about it that, hey, it looks like it's, you know, in the, coming up at some point. Um but he's joining the team. And I think that's a really important thing because that's a whole aspect of why they added JJ Reddick to this team was the off the course stuff too. And it played into the question that I asked JJ that I think we'll play maybe in this next segment, but this, the whole veteran uh, veteran in the locker room, we talked about this whole thing about JJ Barea and them picking Wes Wandu over JJ Barea back in training camp and how much we wanted JJ Barea on this team because we thought they needed another leader, and I still think they do. I, I mean, I, I still think that they have missed having Berea in that locker room this entire season and having another leader presence. And so that's a whole different you know angle to the whole J.J. Reddick trade. So the fact that Reddick joined them in New York, because when I first heard it, he joined them in New York. I'm like, all right, he's just going to stay in New York because he has a home there. <laughs> but he's, he, he didn't just join them in New York for that game. He like joined him for the long run and he's going to accompany the team to Washington. Now he's coming back to Dallas with the team. So I thought that was really cool to hear that from him and Rick that, uh, yeah, he's joined the team for good and he's going to continue being with the team and working out until he's ready to, to play basketball. So I, I thought that was really cool. 100%. All right, so coming up, we'll get into some of his comments on his podcast, a couple other clips that we'll share about playing with Luca and Porzingis, and then the great question Isaac asked about veterans and what he can do as a veteran and veterans that, that uh, reached out to him. So we'll get into that coming up. But have you guys heard about Sport Trade? It's where fantasy meets the stock market. It's pretty amazing. It's crazy the way life works now. Sport Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like that Robinhood app for fantasy sports, the same way that it works. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players, just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. If you know somebody's about to skyrocket, take advantage of it. If you have that sleeper player, that draft player that's going to go low in the draft, you think it's going to be really good, this is the time to put some money down on it. Use it and put it down on Sport Trade. So go there, simply go to Sport Trade, watch the How It Works video, and sign up to get started. Sign up today at SportTrade.com. Discover the fun and exciting and profitable new world of sports trading. 
This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. So you can actually put money down and you know buy and sell, right? It's 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 living. It's not like a fantasy where you have to win matchups. It's like you literally get money out of the value of these players. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sideline any longer. Get in on the game at sporttrade.com. Also want to tell you about rockauto.com. It's the one place where you can go and save some money on car parts. I got a car sitting out in my driveway, Isaac. I got to put some work into it. I don't know what I'm doing, but if I'm going to put some work into it, I might as well get some parts that won't cost me way more than they should. So I'm going to do it at rockauto.com. Look at the make, the model. They've been doing it forever. Since like the 1990s, I think they've been putting uh, car parts online for, for customers to get. So they've been doing it for a long time. They know what they're doing there. Uh, and their prices are always reliably low. For the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Just go check out what they have available for your car or truck. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on. And there, how did you hear about us boxing? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Also, I want to tell you about our friends at Locked On Today. Go listen to Locked On Today. All kinds of MLB opening day stuff will be on Locked On Today. All the sports news you need from the great Peter Bukowski in under 20 minutes. Subscribe and follow Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Isaac Harris. So, J.J. Redick on his podcast. By the way, his podcast is Old Man in the Three. It's a great show. They always have good stuff there. It's J.J. Redick and Tommy Alter. And they interview NBA players. They always get good stuff. It's one of the pods that makes me really nervous about our business because if NBA players get so good at this, they take over the podcasting landscape, then it puts us, uh, you know, non-NBA playing Joes out of business. <laughs> but uh, he does a great job at it. I think he's really good. Some some you know former athletes get on a podcast, think they can just turn it on and talk, and I think JJ puts work into it. He's really yeah. – well-spoken really and, and thoughtful and all that kind of stuff he has. And he's trying to bring up younger players into it as well. Tyrese Halliburton is a player he's he's brought in and tried to um, you know, bring him on and uh, grow him up in the business and stuff like that. So really cool stuff. But the podcast he had on Wednesday had some crazy comments in there, at least crazy in our eyes. Uh, here's a couple of things that he said. He requested a trade formally in November. At least he personally did. His agent didn't, but JJ as a player went to the front office and said, I'd like a trade. If you remember, November was before the season started. I don't know if you can remember all the way back to November, but the season started December, what, 23rd? So this is way before the season even started because JJ Redick said he only went to play in New Orleans because of Drew Holiday. And when Drew Holiday got traded to the Bucks, he was like, well, now I don't want to be here anymore because I signed here just for Drew Holiday. And so he asked for a trade Uh, and he knew what was coming because of Stan Van Gundy. He had played for Stan Van Gundy before and didn't think that he could, you know, handle that basically anymore. So he had comment, he had conversations with David Griffin, Trajan Langdon, and he requested a trade and they said, come down, be with the team for a little while for about a month. And then we'll send you somewhere that you want to go. Dallas was not one of those teams that he necessarily wanted to go to. And he said it was it was no fault of Dallas. It wasn't that Dallas was a place that he didn't necessarily want to go to, but it wasn't one of the places he picked. And so he felt betrayed by the front office that they didn't send him to obviously it's you know, it's right he said a place in the Northeast. So I'm thinking either Brooklyn or the Knicks, right? Or maybe back to the Sixers, right? It's one of the places he wanted to go to. So it was really interesting. The the comment that everyone's picking out right now is Obviously, he did not honor his word. That's what J.J. Redick said about David Griffin. Uh, man, it's so hard to try and like piece some of this stuff together because you're just hearing it from J.J.'s side. It's really interesting that an athlete has this kind of platform to really share their story. But what do you take of David Griffin having 
not really even a say here, but all of a sudden he's now, his words are being used against him in this. He said, she said, they said that they were going to send him to, you know, a place he wanted and then they didn't. And then they kind of went back on their word. Yeah. I mean, I think it is a low blow from new Orleans. I mean, the fact that you make that commitment, that's, that's the thing I've seen so many people, you know, come at JJ Reddick and saying basically, well, this is part of the business, bro. And I've seen some past players react to it on, you know, national shows and stuff like this. And I'm like, yeah, but like if they just traded him and there was no prior communication and JJ setting on a podcast saying, dang it, man, like I, you know, I'm frustrated that they traded me to somewhere that I didn't want to go and blah, blah, blah. If that was the case, I would get all the backlash to JJ, but I don't get all the backlash to JJ right now because this was an ongoing conversation that he had with that front office. This man had been in the league, has been in the league 15 years. He's a vet. He has a relationship with Stan Van Gundy. He had he he, he used past tense too uh, with David Griffin <laughs> and all. And of, they had an ongoing conversation. And my whole thing is, if you can't make do on your promise, then don't make the promise. I take something I value so much in my life is my word. And my close friends, my my wife, they will vouch for me on this, that I take my word. I will I will go over mountains to keep my word on something. And if I know I can't keep my word, then I'm, I'm not going to give you my word. So if JJ is sitting there saying, they told him, hey, we won't do this or we will do this, then then yeah, I, I think it's warranted because if you can't keep keep that promise, then don't make it. And they obviously made that that promise to him. I don't blame JJ Barrett for I mean JJ Brett, JJ Reddick for having <laughs> there we go. I don't I don't blame him because we gotta call him Reddick. We can't call him JJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't blame him for wanting to go up go up northeast because and he talked about this because he wanted to be around his son, his family in Brooklyn. They live in Brooklyn. His son was starting kindergarten and he he told this whole thing is that anytime they come visit, then that means he'd have to take a week off school because of, you know, contact tracing and all this stuff. And he was like, I, I just wanted to be back closer to my family and considering everything that happened in New Orleans and they promised him that that would happen. Not only did they promise it, was, it would be a trade, but then he said once they reached a point it, that they passed the whole, you know, reaggregation trade, you know, deadline type of thing in February, he said it was his understanding he would just be bought out. And then bam, he would go, you know, to one of those teams and then at that last moment he details on his podcast the whole, you know, how he found out and everything. He was like, "Okay." And he and that's the thing. I've seen different Mavs fans too of saying, well, dang, you know, we, he don't even want to be here and all this stuff. He made it very clear on that podcast. He's like, it has nothing to do with Dallas. Nothing. And today he, in the media too. Yeah. Yes. And today in the media, he has so much respect. He said he even told Cuban, he's like, any other year, I would have been like so excited. And he is excited right now. It's just, this was what they promised him in New Orleans. So I cannot blame him one bit. They made the promise. They stuck their neck out to make that promise to him. And now they broke that promise. So they really can't. I mean, they don't have, there's nothing for them to say because they made that and they broke it. The other thing that he said was, you know, I look at the buyout situation not as, oh, I'm going to get bought out and go to Brooklyn. He just wanted to be closer to his family, right? He mentioned specifically that his, his kids started school in Brooklyn. They have a place there. Yeah. 
He just wanted to go see his family and be within driving distance. And he also mentioned not only did they send him and trade him to a place that he didn't request or didn't put on that list that they gave him that they promised, they sent him farther away, right? New Orleans is or Dallas is farther from Brooklyn than New York is. So that Which I mean that isn't that much farther, but oh it's a, it's a little farther though. But I guess there's a better airport. I don't know. You can there's all kinds of things you can, you can go back on, but. Uh, and then the thing, I guess this is the one that really um, people have been aggregating is Tommy Alter asked him, why should any player trust this organization? And J.J. Reddick said, I don't think you're going to get honesty from that front office. Objectively speaking, that's not an opinion. I just don't think you're going to get that. I don't think what happened to me is ne- uh, necessarily an isolated incident. I think front offices around the league operate in their best interest. I get that. I understand that. Truthfully, I think it was a little naive thinking I was in year 15 and I attempted to do things right throughout my career. But in terms of this front office, yeah, it's not something where I'd expect certainty. The agents who worked with me in this to ever trust that front office again. Whoo! Mm. Like that is a quote right there. And that will, uh, that'll stick out for sure that you can't trust that front office. And, who knows? Like, are players really going to think that? Like, New Orleans is not necessarily a place that's going to get free agents, but now are they really not going to get free agents? Right? Like, are they in that yeah. in that memor- uh, moratorium period for free agency when you're allowed to make deals and stuff? Is that going to mess them up there, where they're going to make an agreement with a team or a player, and then all of a sudden the players like. I don't know. You guys went back on your word on, on JJ Reddick. So I, I don't think we're a hundred percent sure how that's going to play out, but that is a pretty, uh, that's a pretty harsh quote, I think to come yeah. out of this, but it's true. If, if, if everything JJ Reddick said is true, is true, then yeah, you can't trust that front office's word on something like this. That's why I think the Mavericks are so, so dead set on treating their players right, you know, and, and put yeah. get like letting them out in the time that they want the stuff they did with Dirk. Uh, what they do with J.J. Barea, keeping him around and all that kind of stuff. and Because now the- more than ever, players have a platform to tell it. And you go back 20 years and you screw over a player, then how are people going to find out? A newspaper clipping? And then you like, hope, like <laughs> here and there. I mean, but now look, we, J.J. Reddick said it on his personal podcast. I was in a Zoom media session today hearing newspaper reporters Ask him, I heard on your podcast that you said, and you know, and in Reddick saying, Hey, thanks for listening. You know, that, this is the new age, right? And JJ Reddick's so good at hosting his podcast stuff. And you know, I think, you know, Kevin Gray asked a great question, basically saying, like, why did you share this on your podcast? What and I think some people out there too are like, oh, okay, he just wants downloads and all this stuff. I'm happy he did. I love it. I love hearing behind the scenes stuff. I love hearing, you know, obviously the New Orleans front office probably didn't like that at all. But Reddick, you know, answered that question and said, because I knew I was going to be asked about it. He said, so if I'm going to answer that question truthfully, he said, I'm going to be truthful about it. He said, if I'm going to answer that question truthfully from one of you guys asking me, why not just say it on my, my personal podcast? And that's what he did. And I, I absolutely loved it. thought it was Absolutely. Absolutely. Coming up, let's hear from J.J. Redick about playing with Chris Porzingis and Luca, and then we'll hear about him playing with uh, veterans and how he can be a veteran. So we'll get into that. But before we do, Bilt Bar, the final, the championship for Bilt Bar. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. The championship is between our personal favorite, the Coconut Brownie Chunk Bar and the Cookie Dough Chunk Bar. Absolutely incredible bars. Not sure if I can choose between them, but I'm partial to the coconut. I think that one's going to win. Uh, I don't think but check you can out- choose between either one of them right now. That's true. We'll, we'll, we'll have to keep checking Built Bar to see if they're available. With Built Bar, bring those bars back. 
If this is a publicity stunt, pr- please bring the bars back the people want. Give the people what they want. Vote, vote for the coconut brownie chunk just so it can win. And hopefully they're like, oh, <laughs> the winner, <laughs> we're going to bring it back. Yeah. Uh, protein. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting. And you can go get them at BuiltBar.com. Use that promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order. Go check out BuiltBar.com. Also want to tell you about BetOnline.ag, the best place to put down some money on so much stuff. I mean... Literally almost anything you can put money down. Uh, they have still stuff for the NCAA tournament. They have football. They have basketball. They have uh, NBA. Sometimes they have NBA futures. You just have to check every once in a while. Let's see what they have today. They have a couple of games for Friday if you're watching this. They have. They don't have the Dallas Mavericks up yet, but they have the Lakers. Four and a half point underdog against the Sacramento Kings. I'm taking the Kings in that one, I think. I think I'm fully leaning in and taking the – I'll take the four and a half points, or I would maybe just take them straight up, the Kings against the the Lakers. That one's kind of interesting. Bucks a three and a half point favorite over the Blazers. They have the Suns, 12 and a half point favorite over the Thunder. Give me the I'll I'll take the uh, Thunder to cover that 12 and a half points. That Thunder team is scrappy and they will stick with you. Even though the Suns team is playing really well, I think that this Thunder team, depending on who's playing, I guess, but even yeah. most nights, they kind of they kind of trap you a little bit there. So, interesting stuff. If you want to put some money down, go to betonline.ag, use that promo code locked on, get a 50% welcome bonus to your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Go check out Locked On NBA Draft if you want to follow the NBA Draft at all. Our guys are some of the best and the brightest, the rising stars in NBA Draft circles. If you want to follow, basically, if you want to follow Draft Express before they make it to ESPN, listen to Locked On NBA Draft. All right, let's get into some other quotes. So, J.J. Redick made a comment about playing with Luka and Porzingis. I found it kind of interesting. So, here's J.J. Redick talking about playing with those two guys. Well, they're great players. I'm, I'm very excited to play with them. Um, in, in a sense, they're both the proverbial, you know, uniform. Um, there's not many people, uh, at seven foot three that can do what KP does. And, uh, Luca is, um, as good as anybody in the league at, at creating his own shot and creating for other people. Um, so it's, you know, I, I've been very fortunate to play with some great players in my career and, uh, those two guys are are going to be at the at the top of the list for sure. Cool. I like that he called them both unicorns because we don't really hear Luca be called a unicorn very often when he really is for what he does at his size and playing and almost cards. more so than KP. <laughs> well, I mean, KP is just so unique in the sense of being seven three and doing what he does. I mean, we've at least seen some six, seven, six, eight guys be playmakers and, you know, shoot and stuff like that. But KP, there's more, you know, unicorn ish type stuff, I guess for his size, but he's got that silver blood and it would be a crime to kill one. That's basically, it's crazy. He talked about this on his podcast, you know, with Tommy of the young guys that he he's played with in his career from a young Dwight, you know, to, you know, obviously Zion recently and Luca and KP and, yeah, it's just, you know, I mean, Joe and, you know, Joel and Bede and, and Ben Simmons, those guys in Philly, like he's he's had these young guys that he's played with and he, he can secret or quietly put together a, a starting yeah. five of teammates. 
Here's the list. Here's let's pick five five players you'd want to start a team with, right? Luca, Porzingis, Zion, Brandon Ingram, Drew Holiday, Chris Paul, Blake Griffin, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, Dwight Howard, and Monta Ellis. <laughs> so you have a starting five of Luca, Zion, and Chris Paul, and Embiid, right? Like that's four right there. Then all yeah. of a sudden, what do you want to where do you want to go after that? You could go crazy big with Dwight Howard. Uh, would you rather have Dwight Howard, or Joel Embiid? Prime Dwight Howard was, as the kids say, a problem. So many people, honestly, though, a lot of people forget how good Dwight was. I mean, Dwight was, I mean, he's a Hall of Famer. So he 100%. was so good in Orlando. Unbelievable. Yeah, crazy. I think I would go. So Chris Paul, Drew Holiday, Luca, Zion, and then Embiid or Dwight. <laughs> that's a that's quite the yeah. starting five you could start with. And we still don't exactly know how Luca and Zion's careers are going to pan out. But that's that's a pretty crazy list. So, yeah, he's played with a lot of good players. And, uh, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see how he, he pans out. All right, this last one is a really good one. Isaac asked this question about J.J. Redick playing with veterans in his past and how they helped him and how he can kind of help the Mavericks now. J.J., uh, Carlisle has uh, mentioned a few times just about adding your experience and just your veteran presence around this young team. What was I'm wondering if there was somebody early in your career that was a veteran that had an experience that plugged into you that you learned a lot from. Sure. Um, I mean, I, I get asked that uh, every now and then, and it's it's usually the same few guys. You know, for me, um, the guy that really gave me life and encouragement early in my career when I was struggling was Keon Dooling who's now uh, an assistant with the Utah Jazz. Uh, Keon was just great for me my first two years. My third year, we signed Rashard Lewis. And uh, Rashard uh, was really good to me in terms of being a teammate and a friend. But watching Rashard and what I learned from watching him probably had the greatest impact on my career. And it's funny because Ray, Ray Allen learned from one of his teammates how to be a pro by watching him. Rashard learned from Ray Allen how to be a pro from watching him. And I learned how to be a pro from watching Rashard. Um, so I would say probably those two guys probably had the biggest impact on me. That's crazy, the lineage. I love that last part about the lineage of he learned from him, who learned from him, who learned from him. We're going to do that with Dirk and Luca maybe, or Dirk and somebody else. It's it's gonna be like Jalen Brunson, or it's gonna be a Maxi Kleba, you know, or, some, or Dorian Finney-Smith. It's like somebody is gonna be that guy that learned from Dirk that now teaches this guy, and all of a sudden we're gonna draw a line straight from like Dirk to like Cade Cunningham or somebody. You know, it's like gonna be that, that kind of line. There's a direct line between Dirk and Luca though. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, I, I, I absolutely loved his answer because I love the. It was because of you him watching that guy, watching the work ethic, watching the workouts, watching him master his craft and Richard Lewis. And guys, if y'all don't know who Richard Lewis is, go back. I mean, that was one of the first teams that Orlando team that did the, you know, big man, you know, four guys who can shoot around them. They put Richard Lewis and, you know, Richard Lewis in the corner, he do and, you know, JJ, Jameer Nelson with Dwight in the middle and say, like, Hey, Dwight, go to work. And we're going to surround you with four shooters. Such a fun team to watch. They should have beat the Lakers in the finals. But with <laughs> Courtney Lee just had to miss the layup. But 
JJ him watching Lewis and Lewis watching Ray Allen. And I think this is this is the this is this type of stuff that when you have leaders and you have guys like Reddick on your team and you have a team of young guys like Dallas has with Brunson and Luca and these guys, they get to watch JJ go to work. And that's the type of stuff. No matter what type of, you know, JJ's not going to be playing 35 minutes a night, but they can see him before they game. They can see him in practice. They can see him at 36 years old, put in the work that he does and all these workouts and all this stuff. That's the type of stuff that we hear about, you know, three, four, five, six years from now. And Luca's in, you know, in his sixth all-star game or after that. And we're talking to him about just his career. And he look and he says, you know, JJ Reddick or, you know, it's a Brunson or something like that. And it's like seeing, you know, Reddick, you know, work out and, you know, whether he's with Dallas after this three months stint or not, he's probably going to be back in the Northeast and rightfully so go be with your family, man. I would love that. But just that's the type of stuff. That's the impact off the court that somebody like JJ Reddick brings. Absolutely. All right. We will be back. I will cover the Knicks game. Isaac will cover the Wizards games. We'll have you covered both games with a post-game pod. So check back. Subscribe if you're not. If you're watching on WFAA, thank you so much for watching. Subscribe and follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. Uh, We appreciate you. Take us with you wherever you go. We're five-day-a-week Dallas Mavericks podcast. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Lockdown Maps. Peace out. Boom. Have you guys heard about Sport Trade? It's where fantasy meets the stock market. It's pretty amazing. It's crazy the way life works now. Sport Trade takes fantasy to the next level. It's like that Robinhood app for fantasy sports, the same way that it works. Their platform allows you to buy and sell shares in your favorite players just like real stocks. Finally, a fair and exciting way to cash in on your knowledge of sports. If you know somebody's about to skyrocket, Take advantage of it. If you have that sleeper player, that draft player that's going to go low in the draft, you think it's going to be really good, this is the time to put some money down on it. Use it and put it down on Sport Trade. So go there. Simply go to Sport Trade, watch the How It Works video, and sign up to get started. Sign up today at SportTrade.com. Discover the fun and exciting and profitable new world of sports trading. This is truly the evolution of fantasy sports. So you can actually put money down and you know buy and sell, right? It's 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 living. It's not like a fantasy where you have to win matchups. It's like you literally get money out of the value of these players. You'll be amazed. Don't sit on the sideline any longer. Get in on the game at sporttrade.com.